ready this time. I don't know where the camera is. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Bird Camp Wonderland. I, singular, not plural, I'm an Arsenal podcast. You know what <laughs> you've done wrong, the lot of you. I hate you all, apart from Josh and Carl and Femi and maybe James. The rest of you, dead to me. With me tonight, I have two wonderful guests. We have Gary, who was on the Transfer Deadline Day show, but he couldn't get a word in edgeways. Wise. Is it wise or wise? Either way. Because uh, people wouldn't shut up and let him speak, and he's a man with a lot of stuff to say. How do, Gary? You all right? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Well, I have had uh, two chicken rolls, which I am delighted with. <laughs> I peeled my first chicken three days ago, and then one again yesterday. I've never peeled a chicken before. I always was put off wow. taking meat off of a carcass. It's easy. <laughs> thumbs in, get ripping. Talking about thumbs in and getting ripping. So, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And you know what? I love peeling chickens because I love the nibble as you pe- as you peel it, and then you, when you bite it off the bone, oh, yeah. it's lo- oh, it's lovely. <laughs> I notice you wear your watch on the right. All the best people wear their watch on the right. It's natural. You're true? right-handed. Yeah. Yep. Well, I've decided it's true. Lovely. Gary just looked. I know. I just looked and went, bam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's amazing the number of times I'll see someone writing with their left hand, with their right hand, and they go, oh, you're left-handed. They'll stop and they look at their hands and they go, <laughs> Oh, that's right. I, 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 would, I would like to uh, have a disclaimer. I'm not wearing um, sunglasses because I'm trying to be like a wanker. I'm wearing them because I have a, a bit of a migraine today. So hence, you know, it's easier when I don't have to read, you know, and do the show. So I'm wearing these. Thank you very much. End of disclaimer. You are the the fashion icon of the Arsenal podcasting world, and you, Miss, can do whatever the hell you want. And if they don't like it, they can come and tell you, and then you can tell them to go and go away, be gone. <laughs> and if they still don't go away, Kev will turn up and break their necks. <laughs> oh, what did Vinny have to say about your your wearing glasses? Listen, I'm going to try and keep him quiet. Tony's not here; she's in Idaho, and so. Uh, you know, the two of them, I've got the door open, the sun shining on their little dog bed. They've been told to try and keep it quiet for Uncle Danny. So let's see how well they do this evening. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. We're used to At least you haven't got Sean shouting from the toilet. I'm having a poo like she usually does. <laughs> Poor thing. Right. Uh, say hello to some of the people. We've got Matt Roberts is there. I've saved your question for later, Matt. We've got Sophie for an hour because you're going to be doing something with the hybrid squad at half past nine, is it? I think I said. It's, it's, you yeah, nine, 9.45. I may have a Ooh. few extra minutes. Let's see. Let's see how it rolls. Who've you got yeah. on? T- I mean, so it's it's actually a premiere, and I've prepped. I tried to prep it as much beforehand. It's Potsy um, with Kev talking about Arsenal's their top five Arsenal transfers ever. Oh, really good show, really good one. Is, yeah, is we had the What recorded? If show last night, and yeah, then we good. recorded uh, Dan and Kev after that, and so it's a good one tonight. Nine forty-five. They won't want to miss it. Good. Yes. So uh, go and watch that. I shall be. I haven't finished watching the one you did last night, the What If thing. It's uh, much more entertaining than the Marvel What If, because that was all nonsense. <laughs> not that I'll watch it, I'm not 12. Uh, yes, yeah, so... Um, right, I, uh, I don't watch Marvel movies. No, nor do I. I well, I, I, if they're on, maybe I'll have a look at them, but I don't care. I, don't, I have no idea what's going on. I don't follow anything, and I have no idea the chronology with it all. I just think some of them are right. I liked Iron Man. I liked the one bloke with the... The hammer, he was cool. Yeah. Who was that guy? Oh, well, yeah, Thor. and Thor. Yeah. I like Batman, like the 
the the Batman's with like uh, Heath Ledger and Tom Hardy and those ones. That's that's cool. Is that Marvel? No, it's DC. I don't know. One of my kids got me into um, Marvel's Marvels of Shield. I think it is. So I've been watching that. Mm. So yeah, that's, is that uh, a TV show? It's a, yeah, it's on Netflix. Right, so, right, yeah, right. Yeah. I feel like I should watch the Tom Holland Spider Man's that people yeah. tell me. I mean, I like yeah, I like him. He's he's good. It's getting how out, is but- that not on torrent already? That should have been out on torrent ages ago. It's, what is this torrent thing you talk about? Something no illegal, idea. probably. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> sounds not shenanigans. We have Julio Salmondo, evening chaps, and Sophie. I think you can refer to Sophie as a chap. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You know, yeah. he, she, days. her, me, you, they, them. Oh, don't you start any of that? And I'll tell you, the day you oh. start adding that to your bio, I'm off. I I'm listen. You. I just, I just ended a consulting gig, and I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get out of it, just because everyone signed their name, he, her, she, them, oh. and I'm like, gosh, I'm just, and you know, it's coming from a gay girl, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these, uh, these, um, you lot, and oh, not you lot, but the Americans are all obsessed. I only place I ever hear the Gen Z, Den, Gen X stuff is when i'm watching american shows like mark with um uh, what's his name um kevin smith who i love dearly and uh, and sometimes you and you talking about it we never talk about it in this country about the different generations and giving them names giving them names it's too hard to understand uh, sometimes i call sean an effing millennial and she's probably not even she's born in 98 that's not right is it <laughs> no. <laughs> no she doesn't care uh mark asking no chicken do you cook oh. did your chicken look like a banana no, but it was, <laughs> it was definitely dead. Uh, chicken Julio, looking like a banana. Oh, wow. I peel, I peel my chickens. I didn't know what, what the appropriate term for it was. Uh, Mark says you look great. And uh, Mark He's... says uh, your premiere shows. At f- I, I just saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 5.22am, wasn't it? It was set to. <laughs> oh, blimey. Here well, we sometimes, go. Sometimes people, when you go and set stuff up in StreamYard, you forget to change the time. I have done it so many yeah. times. And then you go, oh, I've got to go back and change the time. Uh, for the first wage, I didn't even know there was an AM, PM bar. But why is it only letting me set stuff to AM? I don't want to do stuff AM. Oh, there's a drop-down bar for AM, PM. <laughs> David's there. Um, Adam West, the best. Ooh, BX yeah. is there. Evening all. Uh, shout out to three legends on the panel. Oh, thank you very oh, much. Thank you. Nice. there. Two, S- two US-based panellists, nice, and <laughs> Julio's put a question in there, so we shall save that for later. All right, the first thing we're going to talk about is a very loose show as usual. No one has to wait to be asked a question, and anybody as usual can just uh, jump in and go, Oi, no, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about what you had for dinner. First thing I'll start off with, Gary, if we win tomorrow, where does that put us in our fight for the top four? And branch off from that with uh, like like a crystalline entity, if you want. Well, I just put for me, if we win, it just means we're one more game closer, but we still have another 14 to go. So this is going to be a long, drawn out, uh, you know, process. I think each game for me is going to be like the next, you know, must win. So basically, I'm going to be stressed all the way through the end because I feel like we need to be. I mean, the team should be feeling that way. I mean, I've got enough time in between each game to uh, to feel like, you know what, we got to win this one. Because you know what, we need to do better than the last game. And I, I've always said that uh, a Premier League season is like 38 tests. So each test, I want to do a little bit better than the last one. If I do a little bit better each time, guess what? By the time I hit 38, I'll I'll be ready to go. <laughs> and if I do, most likely I'll get where I want to be. All right. Sometimes you can you can pass every test with a hundred, 
yes, it's only been done once, but uh, sometimes, or I don't know what the grading scale is over in uh, the UK, but uh, and sometimes you you know you struggle at at the beginning and you just grow as the season grows. So I expect us to hopefully take each game as just another test that you know what we put, a test was put in front of us, we passed it, let's go on to the next one and grow. So that's what I'm expecting to see. So it's uh it should be stressful for us. I think it that's what the team needs. I don't think uh, we can take a day off. Uh, I think we, if we take days off, then that's when we see like the Nottinghams and the Evertons and the United results, and we can't do that anymore. We just don't have the we don't have the bandwidth for that. We don't have uh, you know another game for that. No, nope. each game matters, and uh, that's where I feel. You know, that's how I feel. So I feel like I'm going to be stressed for the rest of the season, and it's it's a welcomed one because I think. That's the way the team has put us. What, what are you uh, giggling about? What did I do? What did I say? No, it's just stress for the rest of the season. That, 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 that sums up the, the sums up everything for Arsenal in, in the entire time. So, uh, are you uh, are you confident, Sophie, that we might actually be able to pull this off? Because we're looking at the, the games tonight. We have got Spurs are away at Burnley. Now, where Burnley won three 0 in their last game, so that's the, all their goals used up for the rest of the season in one game. <laughs> And Liverpool leads, well, leads are shocking, aren't they? Great team to watch, magnificent manager, and some really good players, yeah, but they're defend. not going to beat Liverpool, are they? They can't defend. Uh, also, Burnley with Veghorst are a totally different team. Uh, talk about, you know, sign a striker that's going to come in and maybe save them for the rest of the season. That relegation battle is not over, as is top four. The key for us, we've got to beat Wolves because guess what? We've got to play Chelsea. We've got to play Liverpool. We've got to play Man United. Um, We've got to play West Ham. We've got a, the North London derby coming. And will that be the one we regret, postponing that match when Son wasn't playing? I'd rather have the points on the board Kevin and I were talking about um, the other night rather than the games in hand. Um, it's so funny, too, how everyone is just saying, oh, Manchester United, you know, they're in the commanding position. They've got no respect for the fact that we've got three games in hand. But the truth is we all have to play each other and it's going to go down to the wire. And I have a horrible, horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach that maybe the battle for us, it might not be fourth because of all these tough games. Is it going to be between us and Spurs for fifth? And is the North London derby. Notice they haven't scheduled that yet because they know the moneymaker at the end of the season, Arsenal v Tottenham, to see who gets into Europe. I can feel that coming big time. So we've got to beat Wolves. And um, and that's only because of all the tough matches that are coming ahead. But it's not only for us. It's coming for United, for Tottenham, for West Ham, who you could argue are the most vulnerable because they've they've played more games than all of us. Just looking at the league table, Gary, I see that um, with the same number of games as Spurs, they're playing tonight, so that'll be their game in hand. But we've, they've goal difference is zero, ours is 10. I mean, that's got to be worth another point, at least somewhere, only another point, a theoretical point. It's like when you used to get the away games, people go, that's goal scored double. We, you go, well, no, the first one is like an extra half a goal, and that's it. We're trying to explain that, but... Yeah, plus ten. That's quite a turnaround from us, isn't it? From <laughs> a time when we were we were minus until halfway through the season, <laughs> we were minus. <laughs> After three matches, right? Minus eight. That's just or minus yeah, minus eight. Yeah, that's just no. Nah, we can't. Was it eight or was it nine? I don't want to talk about it. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's good it didn't to, happen. <laughs> yeah, it's good that we're there. And you know what? We like you said, we have that. We are, we're one game behind them in terms of games in hand. So you know. I kind of look at it like if we try if it's four like somebody said it's fifteen cup finals if we play it like that, even the games in hand, 
if you know worst case scenario you don't get all the you know get all the points you want out of that but if we win the games we're supposed to win right and uh you take out some of those games that we might struggle in like the uh i think it's liverpool chelsea and the and uh that team i don't even say i don't even say i don't even say that name anymore <laughs> i just call yeah. them that team that from team. now on yes <laughs> scum scum works <laughs> yeah i think that might be uh you know mean to, to scum so i don't even say that so. oh i like it nice one gary very yeah, nice yeah. nah so yeah, I, I kind of feel like you know what we we have to play each game like it's a it's a final, uh, and uh, go all out. I mean, I think we've been going all out, and that's what's probably gotten us gotten us in some trouble in terms of mm-hmm. the way we kind of ended that Wolves game. We kind of looked like we were we were stressed, and that's you know you end up getting a red that way. But uh, I think that's the way we're going to have to play hit our hair on out. I see a lot of people saying hi in the chat, so hello everyone. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> You're right, Gary, about the you know we've been saying that from the the 17 matches you know now it's 15 cup finals it is intense and the winnable games they have to be won there's no room for any slip-ups and I really truly hope that that Everton game doesn't come back to haunt us especially Manchester United that was a tough one to lose as well because we were just the superior team we didn't go in for the kill that night you know um, and we showed them way too much respect um, but those two games, uh, I hope they don't come back to, to haunt us. So, yeah. yeah, 15 cup finals. This is it. As Macaulay Corkin said on, in Home Alone, this is it. Don't get scared now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's what kind of scares me sometimes. I feel like when we get under pressure, that's when we see we see us buckle sometimes. And I'm hoping we, we don't we don't take it that way. I think they, you know, we've been doing good so far. Because mm-hmm. uh, we don't need, like, you know, you talk about the two games where we lost, but the Burnley game where we, we drew also is, you know, oh, yeah, lost that's there, a very right? good so point. It's, yeah. It's, we've, we just can't afford to give any points away, especially when we have the upper hand. I mean, when we played Wolves, I always thought, you know what, we have the better offense, a better attack. We need to take advantage. And, you know, a better first half and the game's, the game's gone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this time around, and then since then, they've scored, what, four goals? <laughs> so, you know, yeah. so much for, you know, their offense not being uh, as a um, as prolific as most of other teams. And also, I think they have Neto back, so they're getting a little bit better in terms of the way they're going to attack people. And so, and I, I looked, they don't give up more than one goal, if that. They're so, third best at conceding yeah. goals this season, yeah. even, yeah. you know, despite what happened in the match uh, at the weekend and, yeah. and stuff. But, you know, it, it's the the DNA and player profile of this club now is very different player wise. So I'm really fascinated to see how we cope under the pressure. It's going to tell us a lot about this team, you know, uh, because in, in years past, we've crumbled. Here we go, one nil down, but before you know it's half time, we're three nil down. It's over. Whereas this team has been tenacious and even with 10 men have fought and we're more of a collective unit than individuals. And I think that's been the difference between us and United, even though they're above us. And that's been the difference between us and Spurs, even though Antonio Conte's been here before in terms of all the managers, Ralph Arteta, um, he's the one with the experience in these moments. But I'm really curious to see how our team copes um, in these last 15 games. It is going to be another thing I've noticed. Uh, is this is going to be hard, and as we have, um, we've got all these games coming up and then uh, close together. And you get to the end of March, 19th of March, we're away to Villa, 
and then mm. it's 16 days before we're again away to Crystal Palace. Now, I don't know if they're going to try and fit in the Chelsea or the Spurs game in between there. It's probably an international break. But and even at the end it of this month... It is the international break, uh, Danny, uh, you're right. So, even at the end of this month, we've got um, Wolves tomorrow and our next game is 10 days before Watford away. You think that they just uh, they don't make it easy for anybody. I mean, you look at the way we had a load of games. We didn't play a game for what, three weeks and then before that, we had three games in 10 days or something like that. They just keep doing it to us. And that's got a mess with the players, hasn't it? Because you're going to be going, right, lads, we're all getting up. We're all getting match fitness. Because as we all know, match fitness and fitness are two completely different things, as we saw when um, uh, Lecong, is it Lecong in midfield? Yep. Yeah, and also Tommy weird. when he came back when yeah. with the Liverpool game that was yeah. evident in that too. So and it's, we see it. We see that, that Arteta doesn't like to bring people up to keep them. Like when you're playing uh, football manager or something like that, you still bring on the players that you're going to use regularly, even if they don't start, just to get minutes. And the only one he really does that with is is Smith Rowe. And you think well, now you've got these massive big breaks coming up. It's it's going to be hard for the players in case of an emergency. As we mm-hmm. saw when Leconca come back, he was terrible. But the next game, he was really good because he'd had a game. And I think slight things like that, Arteta needs to look at that and go a little bit more man management. But you were saying about the squad, so Gary, there's the there's no problems at the squad at the moment, is there? It's the first time in living memory that we have an Arsenal <laughs> squad. We've got a teeny little problem with um, with Nketiah, but our Josh that we share, um, said he came up with a really good point. Compensation at the end of the season, because he's a, he was a, an Arsenal youth product, compensation was we could get 10 or 15 million quid for him. So that might make sense as to why we haven't sold him for the 5, 10 million that maybe Palace and so many others are offered. But other than, maybe talk about that, but other than that, and and uh, there's no one else, there's no problems at the squad. Even Pepe, our record signing, even he's going, well, don't play, I'll come on when you need me. It's wonderful. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess if you're going to bring up Enkedi, I guess for me, I always kind of go back and look at the opportunities we had to sell him. I know it might have been for a cheaper price than uh, a lower price than than we wanted, but we seem to have money to just throw away at players that we send off anyways. So for me, I would rather have spent money to get Eddie out of the club if that's what it took to bring in a younger striker that might have, that's, uh, you know, at that time there were like three or four strikers that we were looking at that weren't going to cost a lot that, um, you know, you see elsewhere, like uh, the Dakas and Edwards to some, you know, and they're, they're players that we probably could have brought in as maybe to sit behind a, a Bamiang and Lacazette. And, you know, at this point we'll probably be kind of more suited for what we want. Because when we, when we go to Enkedia now, I don't think anybody's, you know, happy to see that, right? I think we're all kind of concerned. Like, is this really where we're going? And so, yeah. So for me, in Kedia, I, I don't. We, we're throwing. For me, there's a lot of money going out the door with some of the players. So for me, when you can do that and get an, another one in, then you should. And we didn't do that. We kind of do, did things a little bit backwards, right? We everybody knew that Abam Yang has goals in him, just maybe not with Arsenal. Right, mm-hmm. and you know, two or three games into his Barcelona career, hat trick, mm-hmm. right? Um, so nobody's surprised by nobody should be nobody should be surprised by Bamiang scoring. <laughs> they might be surprised, you know, that you know they just surprised that he, he couldn't get it, we couldn't get it done here. That's kind of the most surprising things that we didn't get it out of, out here. Um, now I think I went and 
might have went off on a tangent on your original question there, but <laughs> you brought up in Kenya and that kind of t- set me down a different path. Uh, I mean, I, harmony yeah. is, is so important. All everybody believes in him. It's like um, David, Mister Waffles, who was on the other day. He said, uh, uh, "We're finally get seeing some uh, a little Concordia because the Arsenal uh, below the old Arsenal, about say Victoria Concordia Crescent, which is victory through harmony." Is that impressive, Soph? Or did you, you knew that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Very impressive. I did. I actually knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that in school for two years. <laughs> well, you know what we That's do. How old like, I am. like you said, we do have thirteen or fourteen players that are all on the same page. All right. Mm-hmm. In the past, I think we had maybe pockets of players, and we saw on the, on the pitch eleven players. None of them basically, at least, playing for each other. You know, now we see, like you said, it's harmony. It's an, an orchestra and being directed in a certain way. When it's right, it looks really good, right? When it's right, it looks like uh, the first half of a uh, city. I always like we've had these forty-five minute segments where you just look <laughs> at them for in each season. You go, okay, let's do that again, and then sometimes yeah. you see, it and sometimes you don't. I mean, I think last season it was the the first half against Wolves where we almost scored, but we didn't, right? So we have we we know what this team can do when it's all when it's uh when it's clicking, you know, when it's uh when it's Arteta ball as I call it. You know, whatever he's expecting to get out of the squad, we see it in pockets here. We we wanna see it for ninety, but you know, until then, I think I'll take forty five minutes, especially against teams that aren't at the levels. For example, we did what we uh showed in the city game for forty five minutes against anybody else in the league, I think we, we, we should be able to take a lead. You know, by halftime, um, we just haven't we don't we don't see it enough because you look at the Burnley game and you go, well, you know, if you can play to a particular style, you should be able to score in anyone, all right? And we didn't do it. So, consistency uh, is one thing, but also, you know, uh, we 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 we're getting teased, and I just want to see it again, all right? I think that's what we want. We want to see it again every time the team comes out. So, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> on that point <laughs> but yeah i like i like the squad we are we are more of a team than we have been in the past um you can see it working when it's clicking and uh that's a good thing you know and we'll get we'll get where we want to be if we keep seeing that over and over and over again as they say <laughs> how do you feel about that Soph? because it is uh having been watching them since it so reminds me of the george graham days and I think a really important bit is we've got a new Ian Wright in Aaron Ramsdale, the Joker. Everybody in every dressing room needs a Joker like that to keep up. When we've had a bad game, I bet he brings everyone up, does a little ditty, sings songs, plays tricks. That's got to help so much as well with the um, the cohesion of of the squad and believing in a manager because there's no there's no haters in that squad, is there? No. There aren't. And, you know, this has been a uh, player culture has been an issue since the Wenger era, um, especially towards the end of the Wenger era. And Arsenal fans have once again a team and players they can fall in love with. When you go buy a shirt now, you actually are in a pickle to choose which player name you want on the back of the shirt. Do you want Ramsdale's? Do you want Tomiyasu? Do you want Tierney? Do you want Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe, Martinelli? How long has it been since we've had a team that we can fall in love with all over again? The way they fight for each other. I love that picture of Ben White and Ramsdale after the Wolves game where they're grabbing each other's shirts 
And Ramsdale, I think, is one of those players that even though he can be a bit of a jester, he is a baller. When it comes to business and time of game, he's engaged. I love the way he yells at everybody. He's been fearless since day one. He came into the mix under an insurmountable um, amount of pressure because there are a lot of Arsenal fans that poo-pooed his signing before he'd even worn the shirt. And, you know, we got behind those signings right away in the summer. You can't judge a player until, you know, he's actually played a game. This is where I think the difference with Arteta and Unaya was. And Unaya just didn't get the support. The hierarchy during his time was garbage. They never backed him. They never gave him the players that he wanted. And player power ruled the roost at the Arsenal. I know firsthand that Ozil ruled that dressing room. I mean, these are good sources. You and saw that he, in some of the goal celebrations. Someone went through a video of that on Twitter recently, and then they uh, that something they scored, and then uh, who was it? Is it someone scored the goal? And he said to Lacazette, "Why, why aren't they so?" It was Sanchez. Sanchez yes. scored the goal. About four or five, and went to the corner. And then Sanchez, you could see him going to Lacazette. Why aren't the others coming? And Lacazette went, "I don't know." Yeah. And, and he was uh, he was lazy and that filtered through. You know, this is why Maitland-Niles never really made it in the end. You know, I'm not sure if he's going to come back and be able to do it, but there was a, a culture of player that really was poison in the dressing room. And thankfully, whether you agree with Arteta or not or, or have liked him or not, he's been given the support to bring back the club before the player. Tony Adams said it best. You know, play for the squad, whatever it is. They'll remember, you know, play for the front of the shirt and they'll remember your name on the back of the shirt. And that is where I think Arteta deserves a tremendous amount of credit. But he's also been given the power to do that. He's been given the power from the hierarchy, from Adu, from the owners. And and it was about time that that happened. And now these players are playing like a team, like a squad. No one's more important than the other. Sure, Saka's a superstar in the making. Of course, Martinelli is too. Emil Smith-Rowe's great, but they're all equal. You know, before it was Ozil was here and everyone was here. And I saw it on the summer tour when they were here. You know, I saw what an idiot really Mustafi was. I'm sorry, that may sound harsh, but he looked like a jokester, but a fool. Whereas Ramsdale can be a jokester, but he's a baller. There's a difference. And if we can continue to recruit that type of DNA, that type of profile of player and match what we've done in the summer this coming summer, Danny, you know, that's what we need to do. Keep building, keep moving. That's how we keep up and catch up with all those teams who are better than us and above us. I'm excited about this squad. I have not been an Arteta fan because you can't finish eighth and eighth and get us kicked out of Europe and have my love. Sure, you had some FA Cup love coupons, but those have kind of expired where I'm concerned. The proof now is get us back into Europe, not because we can win the Champions League or the Europa League. It's what it provides to us from a monetary monetary perspective and how we can attract players to play in Europe. We were still able to sign Aubameyang and Lacazette and Gabriel and Partey and Tierney because we could dangle the Europa League carrot. But you saw in the summer the profile and the DNA of the player change and it worked out for us. But you're not going to get that lucky every single transfer window, which is why it's important that we qualify for Europe. True, Gary. Um, this is a, an int- uh, people may see this as a, as an Arteta loving. It's not. It's just being realistic. I mean, this is Dora. Hello, dear. You're all right. Good. The Explorer. Um, <laughs> actually, 
Dora, when she was born, now Lily had seven kittens, and uh, Dora was meant to be Theodore, as in Walcott. And I went, oh, Theodore is a girl, so it's Dora, not Theodore. (laughs) Do you have a trans cat? (laughs) Well, possibly. (laughs) Are you, dear? Well, she doesn't eat human food. If you give her chicken or bacon or sausage, she'd look at it and go, what the fuck is that? Give me biscuits. Doesn't like it, do you, dear? She's She's a licker as well. 23 cats, the first licker I've ever had. Oh, she, she just loves the human's dirty hands. Uh, gone off topic there. Gary, um, <laughs> yeah, it's not an it's not an Arteta loving. It's looking at the situation realistically. Now, it's if, if you had to list all the things that Arteta had to do when he came into the club, it wasn't fresh manager, fresh start. It was sort out all the stuff of Emery, get rid of all the players that are here, bring in short-term players, bring in other players for cheap, bring through an academy players, doing all of that as, as a, a bloke new to management. He's only ever done coaching before. And so many people are so utterly unwilling to go, yeah, you've, you've done all right there. You've had a really difficult situation. Congratulations for what you've done. And like, if, you're, if, you're a world, if you want to be a chef, you know, the first few omelets you make, you, you may mess it up. And that's what he's doing. He's getting better. You can see a progression. Maybe some might even call it the trust the process, Gary. Can you understand why these people refuse to look at it and go, yeah, it, it, he is doing a good job? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, sometimes it's the reason why I look at it is because I feel like uh, one is the arsenal. And if we're going we're gonna to say that, then it, it, it comes with a certain territory and it comes with, you know, certain expectations. And the way that we're going about this process it's like we're starting over from scratch and we're okay with that and they're okay the the board and all of that is okay with that the fans of course aren't because we just want to win and the only way you do that is if you you see you know you take you know you take whatever you got in the kitchen basically right you put it together you create some masterpiece of what you've got meanwhile you're you're putting orders in for the good stuff so eventually when it comes in you know you go from being a well that food is really good to oh my i love this you know and that's kind of <laughs> you know it's for me it's it's all about time they want it they want us to wait i don't want to wait no no fan wants to wait and should have to wait sometimes uh, but they're making us wait and i always said you know i think we're Arteta needs to have his 25 players and then we'll see most most managers don't get that opportunity. They need to play with what they got. And that's kind of where they, they've grown up living, you know, they've grown up coaching that way. Arteta hasn't, right? So if you're going to, Arteta is the process, is the um, project, right? As many have said. And if that's the case, then you're going to have to do basically everything he wants, right? You bring in an Emery and you say, here, Emery, I'm going to give you, this is all we got. And if you want something new, this is what you got even though you didn't want it, you're just going to have to make it work. And, you know, most managers can take that and do something good with it. The good ones can anyways. Uh, Arteta, I think they've said, you know what, we're going to, you tell us what you want and we'll do it. And they've been doing that. And he said, you know what, I can't, I don't understand them, the, you know, how to manage players. And that's kind of what a lot of people will say. He's just not a good man manager and can't deal with attitudes and, um, you know, certain behaviors of players, which, you know, I, I think you kind of have to, <laughs> you're going to have to, or, you know, or in our case, just get them out the door. Right. Um, and you can't for me, kick I, everyone out just because you don't, can't manage them. You but know. That's what we're doing, right? We're almost there. Yeah. But it doesn't make it right for every scenario, you know? Um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm so, with you. and, and as much as, you know, I, I have humble pie baking in the oven. Kev can't wait to feed it to me at the end of the season. 
Um, he's actually asking Tony to make sure there's one with whipped, cre- whipped cream on top so he can smash it. she can smash it in the face. And I'll be glad and happy to have that happen. But you cannot finish eighth again and expect yeah. pe- fans to say, okay, yes, trust the process. You know, that's all. That That's the difference. Now, I think we found ourselves in an improbable situation to finish fourth. I wasn't expecting us to finish top four. I was at least thinking fifth or sixth, but with a, a domestic trophy. And I think January was a disaster. Uh, you know, falling out of the FA Cup in the manner in which we did against Forest, that's not good, Right. Um, losing to Liverpool in in the League Cup, a a competition even Wenger didn't win. Okay, I can forgive that, but I think he inherited Emery's team, went on to win the Cup, and I'm not saying that's why he did. He still had to win it. Aubameyang was on fire that season, though, as well, which really helped. Um, But to crash out in the manner in which we have in the last two seasons, in the rounds that we did, is not good enough. So he does still have a lot to prove. Getting the house in order, that's fine. But he's had a tremendous amount of support to get that done. How many windows has he had? How much money has he been given to spend, albeit cash flow? So there's still question marks, definitely. But have we made progress? 100%. And I think that back line has everything to do with it. The fact that we have that that those players, Tomiyasu, Gabriel, White, Ramsdale and Tierney, I think that is the backbone to everything. And getting the midfield right in the summer is going to be key. You know, who's going to be the best partner for Thomas Partey? Is Lukonga going to be a backup? The dude captained Anderlecht at 21 years old playing under Vincent Company. You know, some fans are dismissing him, but he's a really good player. So, and then a striker. We need two of those. So... The proof will be in the May pudding, Gary, I think. Even though, yes, we've made progress, let's not anoint him just yet, but let's give him credit for how far he's brought this team so far this season, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that people get underestimate sometimes is the the defensive structure of City, right? When they think of City, they always think about the scoring, but there is some there is a means to an end as to how they defend and you know how they keep keep the scores low and manageable. And Arteta, I think, brought some of that here. And but we wanted to see the scoring as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, to, for me, it was interesting that, you know what, we had a really good defense last season, but we still went ahead and improved it even more. We had Leno, decent goalkeeper for us, probably playing behind a, a, a back four that just wasn't ready. And, and, you know, let some goals in, but he actually made lots of saves. Uh, and, we still, and, we, and we still fixed that. So we're fixing all the things that are good. But there was no competition, was there? Sogradis just would get picked. Mustafi would just get picked. You know, everyone would just get picked. Now, you know, Kev was saying it on the show, goes, look at Tierney now. Nuno comes in. Everyone says, oh, we don't need Tierney. All of a sudden, Tierney, he's not injured. He's playing well. You know, look at Emil Smith-Rowe. He sees he's got to fight for his spot. Martinelli had to fight for his spot, you know, um, these guys are having to fight for their spots. That's exactly what we want. And I agree with you on the city thing. Their first line of attack is their defense. It's incredible. Yeah, and you know, and but the the, the problems that we've always had, right? We're up top and in the midfield sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. In the midfield, we you know, okay, Partey was good, but we know if you're going to bring a Partey, you want somebody comparable to him to to make sure that you're not uh, you don't have a, a weak and a strong link all sitting right next to each other, nulling each other out. And I think that's the other thing. So some of the 
some of the holes that per se I think we should have been trying to fill last summer. Mm-hmm. We didn't. And you know, it's coming back to haunt us to some degree now, right? You lose a you lose one of our midfielders and we're in trouble. We can't play without without them right now. Our strikers no. don't score and they don't have anybody pushing them that can score when they're in. Right. So it's like you know, well, those, we're getting goals from Saka and Emil Smith Rowe and yeah. Udegaard. We're not getting goals from Lacazette, but he provides a, a totally different strength to the team that yeah. Abamyang didn't. Take away Abamyang's pace and no goals, he does, he he provides, you know, very little. And he's a he, he's a player who becomes disinterested. He's, you know, that's that's his mantra. So at Barcelona, he's going to go on a run for a bit, but how long is that going to last? And let's not forget. The dude wasn't scoring, gets benched at Everton, we go on to score 21 goals. So enough with this, oh, he's scoring hat-tricks at Barcelona. Nonsense. Yeah. Just- no, but I mean, he has goals in him. That's my thing, is he has goals in him. And we not have for opp- Arsenal. We have not for op- Arsenal we have in the last year and a bit. Yeah, but we have opportunities up top to score, right? We just don't have somebody there that can do it. And you you, you think those those are missed opportunities sometimes, and they come back, you know, when, when, you're, when you're young wingers are struggling right when young wingers are struggling that's when you kind of need somebody else to, to fill the fill the uh the gap right and we just don't have that because we know we're not getting it from from uh, a lacazette right he'll now. score tomorrow bank it <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take it i'll take it because we, we you know what we de- we definitely need it and it'll keep teams honest when they play us if they know you know what goal is going to come from anywhere and right now they they know they're going to come from the wide parts of the field um and you know and they have to know be able to control that but if it comes through the middle yeah that will surprise them and that'll make things fun fun for us hopefully so hopefully we see that i was looking yeah. at um when klopp took over at uh, liverpool it was uh, october 2015 first season finished eighth well we know arteta took over in december of that of his season next season he finished fourth then he finished fourth again now back then it was there was only a few decent teams, wasn't there? You had uh, well, we all know who they were. So even you have some kind of comparison, it took Klopp with more money than what Arteta's probably have in comp- not at pound for pound because back then less money bought you more, and then they had a massive amount of influx of money when the, with the Coutinho money eventually, and that went and bought you what a quarter of a decent team, and then even with uh, someone like Klopp who is a world class manager, he, he's done it at Dortmund, he's done it at Liverpool, he will go on and do it in Spain or. Italy or wherever he goes next he's a magnificent manager for Arteta to come in and finish eighth the same in his first season and then in his second season I mean that was affected by so many factors be it Covid no no supporters in the ground or all these other things and, and turmoil at the club and then it looks like in um, his next season Arteta is fighting for fourth just like Klopp was fighting for fourth and yeah, that's where you finish this is the whole argument of, yeah, but in the January table to May, we were like the best team. <laughs> the, the season starts in August, people, you know, and we can say where we're at now. There's 15 games to go. We could end up finishing, God forbid, seventh or eighth. In, and I agree with you on the competitiveness, Danny, because of the mm-hmm. money, right? The money's different now. Um, the influx of, of money, the ownership of certain clubs where they're able to compete on a totally different um, playing field. But he did, it, it was eighth, but then he did finish fourth, fourth. So he made it count. Mm. Now Arteta has to make it count because now the disappointment, and I just can't deal with the sky falling, you know, at the end of the season, if we do not finish in the top five, at least, Yeah, you know, and that's the part where 
even though I've been critical of him and some people come at me, you're an Arteta hater. No, there's nothing more I would love for him to succeed because that means I get to cheer for my club being successful. I want him to succeed. I want to eat the humble pie. I just call it as I see it on a game-by-game -game basis. And between now and the end of the season, I think that's all we can go by, you know, is is how do we perform and, and getting results. Kevin would take, he said, 15 ugly one nils. Doesn't care how we play. He will take old school George Graham, mm, boring, yeah. boring Arsenal 1-0 wins. And there's yeah. something to be said about that in order for that psyche, you know, that culture to shift another gear and people be like, well, Arsenal finished. Can you imagine if we finish in the top four? Like, what, what are people going to say? We've always been the dark Exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the, the thing about the 1-0 one, one win, that that's... If that is the the makeup of your team, then yeah, so be it. We'll go with that. But that's not where we are. Doesn't matter, does you know, it? You know, no, it doesn't matter. No, but it doesn't matter. But we we are if we're if we are playing. For me, that sounds like that's a strength that you'll be able to win games one nil, right? That's a strength of the team. For us, I think we 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 definitely. I always said this back when Wenger was in was 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 managing the team that we have three goals in us in every match that we play. And if you look at them, you always saw an opportunity for us to score three goals. And if we scored the three goals, we at least got a draw. You know, right now I feel like we always have about two goals in us easy because of the way that we the style of play that we have right now. Um, with those with the young wingers that people just you know they have to chop down uh, Saka because they they just they don't want to you know if he gets going they're in trouble and then when Martinelli's doing the same thing on the other side now what do they do you know they they don't have answers for that and when we're on we 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 should have easy two goals to score on every match that we play and we we always have those opportunities they get lost because we're young but we definitely have that opportunity and I can see us scoring two goals from here on out in most matches because that's just the, the style of play that we have and the players that we have. You know, we're going to keep teams from scoring with that back five, no doubt about it. But I think going forward, we have a lot more to offer than just the one goal. And that, but if it yeah. ends up being one goal and not two, oh, no, I'll who take cares? that. We're taking you know the win. I mean? We we're won one nil against Wolves with <laughs> ten men. That Arsenal two seasons prior yeah. would have lost that game four one. And I think that's part. Yeah, some of that is because we do have the the we can press teams, right? They they do have to fear us a little bit going forward. Um, back then, not so much, you know. And then we kind of lose, like you said, we lose our way. And that's the that's the team. That's what that's the, the team concept that we have right now. That we can we know we can handle most anything now, right? Eleven men, ten men, we can handle that. Being behind a goal, not. I'm not sure we're there yet, but we, we will be. We will be. Um, but playing on the front foot, I think we've got that handled and uh, just need to put the goals in. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. So, yeah. yeah. There haven't been I mean, too many beatings under Arteta, to no, be fair to him. Nobody runs yeah. away from us, for no. sure. Yeah. In most, most games, they don't run away from us, huh? And when we play the best teams in the league, like you were saying earlier, Gary, that half, that that first half performance against Man City, and that defensive second half performance against Liverpool, two of the best teams in the league, and we outplayed them. We outdefended them in one, and we outplayed them in another. And like you're saying, it's just a, a matter of trying to um, put these things together so that we can uh, put in a, a decent run. And if we can do it against the best teams, then. But I also find that we we play better against teams that like to play football. There's a. Um, I can hear a buzzing. Is that? Is that? I can hear it too, but I don't know if that's me or not. 
Oh, I think it was. Don't worry. Um, yeah. So then you've. Uh, I was just looking because um, uh, Deke in the chat is a friend of mine, and he keeps going on about ESR cough cough. He wants ESR as a, as a as a number nine. So I just happened to have gone through. It's back again, Soph. No, I can't I'm hear you. Yeah. No, I still can't hear you. There you go. That's it. It's gone now. Uh, yes, I, I was looking back at ESL and and Saka when they were playing for the for the under eighteens and the under twenty threes uh, in seventeen eighteen combination of all those games. ESR got nine goals in twenty four games, and that season Saka was only in the under eighteens. He got eight in twenty two. Next season, ESR only in the under twenty threes and playing for the first team seven in eleven. And Saka and under 18s and the under 23s and playing for Arsenal first team, 14 in 34. So you look from 2017 18 to 18 19, all competitions at all levels for Arsenal, ESR 16 in 35, Saka 22 in 56. I didn't realise, Soph, that ESR was six foot tall, six foot and a half. Is there any, I mean, with his ability to score goals, do you think there's uh, any? Any any legs in the fact that Smith Rowe could probably pl- could play up front? I think we underestimate his physicality because of his injury um, record so far. Right, um, his body was still developing. What a man's body doesn't stop really truly growing or developing until twenty one, and uh, he's had to deal with some injuries. But I can't remember what team it was, guys. You you could probably remind me where he went on this break from the back. Was it Tottenham? And he he was like a road runner right through the middle. And I think we underestimate his speed. I think we underestimate his strength. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of those plays. Even though he's six foot, he's got that kind of uh, that low center of gravity vibe about him. He's strong I think on the ball. Socks down makes his legs look shorter. Yes. Yeah. And and also, um, I, I think that you know he's. I've never seen him head the ball. That's the only thing for a six-foot guy. Um, you know, he's all about feet. I don't know if there's a clip of ESR heading the ball. Can we, we, we need to find that clip if it exists. But I find him imposing. And as he grows and matures even more, because he still feels like a young man, but once he becomes like a total man, I think that he, he needs to grow a bit more muscle, I think, on the upper body. But yeah, it's very deceiving his height. When you look at him, you don't think that he's six foot. He's such an elegant player, but he can be rough. Um, he can be tough. Um, he's got so many attributes. And if he can stay fit, Danny, I predicted on our show that if he stays fit, I think his ceiling might be higher than Saka. Call me crazy. Throw darts at me. Don't at me. But He doesn't get attacked as much on the pitch. There's less likely of him... Him getting a long-term injury. He will eventually. That yeah. that will come for Emil Smith Rowe too, because he'll be the more he plays, the more he'll be targeted. I mean, Saka's non-protection is ridiculous, but a lot of young players don't get that protection because they don't have that respect yet, which is crazy to me. Um, yeah, but and I think I, it's the for me. I think it's also the the, the 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 foot speed that makes it makes Saka the threat, and that's why he gets taken down, because a couple of times he'll, you know, he'll put pressure on you, and eventually the players just get frustrated and bring him down. Uh, Martinelli, on the ha- other hand, just runs away from people. I mean, I at some point, I would just want him to just take that ball into the goal, because I don't think they could slow him down at all. I think he, he makes it easy for the defense sometimes. Uh, when I see him play, I kind of feel like if he just takes it, 
going to put pressure on them and they'll, they'll eventually have to start bringing them down, but they don't now. They, cause he kind of bails them out. Mm-hmm. Um, Emil Sufro, you know, in that first half, he tried to do some things like I saw from Martinelli and he just doesn't have the foot speed and he's not, he didn't seem like he was able to get by his man. But get, Beckham to get didn't to the have foot line. speed, you know, yeah. some, so he, yeah. he, he, no. he, he, he has speed. Um, but I, yeah. I don't agree. I think he's got quick feet and I think he can turn players on a whim. And I think the way he yeah. touches the ball and takes the ball, um, I think he opens up spaces for his teammates and stuff. Yeah. But to yeah. me, I think his all round game offers and a, a lot more than what Saka offers yeah. yet. Saka right now is definitely fundamentally probably one of, if not the most important player to the team because the dude takes three defenders with him, four defenders with him. So it's not so much about what he does with the ball. It's what he offers off the ball too when he makes a run. He just attracts defenders because they fear him more than they fear Emil Smith-Rowe. Yeah, and I mean, because when I looked at the the, the two halves of the last match, when we were, when when, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe got the, the score, he had space and he was able, and the pass was perfect. Uh, he was able to take it in stride, and at that point, he's got the defender right where he wants him. And then, like you said, uh, you got Tierney also coming on the outside. I don't think he had that much. He didn't have that cover in the first half with Tierney coming down the side when he was attacking, and that kind of he can't, he couldn't do it. You know, the defender was able was able to defend him a little bit better there. But as soon as there was another player there, I think that opened things up for him. And uh, we don't see that. Some I mean, and I think another thing also is that. I think that I think happened this summer is that Emil Schufro actually got to probably either mentally recharge or also work on the things that he needed to work on in the summer. Because when he came back, you know, we've just been seeing some good things from him in terms of scoring wise. And I think that's for me, it's almost like that's what Saka needs. He needs a little bit of time away from football, maybe to recharge his batteries and not just, you know, in his legs, but also in his mind uh, to get his get him to that point to where he's scoring like Milsuf Rowe is right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's me, a it's, blessing the World yeah. Cup's later this year than yeah. this summer because he'll he'll get a rest in the summer and that's really important for Saka for sure. He's played a lot of football yeah. so in I, the last yeah. 18 months. I like to see him grow that way because I think it's there, you know, and, it, and I mean, it, the, all three of the youngsters right now, I think we are... Uh, we we're ha- we should be happy to have them and hopefully we can keep them, <laughs> you know, because uh, if, they, if they keep growing the way exactly. they are, if they keep growing the way they are, we'll be fine. And I've always said that it's a it's a it's an age dynamic that we just don't have. We have the youngsters. You just don't have they don't have anybody to look up to. You know, who's taking minutes from from either one of them, you know, from Martinelli or, or Saka or Millsworth Rowe right now, that's over 24. There's but nobody. I think they're mature. I think Saka yeah. and Emil Smith Rowe and Martinelli are a lot more mature than Foden and Grealish and Greenwood. Yeah. I think Rashford is in the same maturity bracket as our, our players. Yeah. Uh, Mason Mount is very mature for his age too. I think we're really lucky that even though we have young players, I mean, even, you know, Tommy Asu's still young, Ben White's young, yeah. um, but they have a level of maturity. We may have naive on the pitch sometimes but even though our players are young there's this level of maturity to them that I think is really unique in in that age group yeah they've had to grow up they've had to grow up yeah. and uh, they've taken the challenge and, and done well with it mm-hmm. I mean uh, you know when Saka was coming when Saka was coming up right he just played anywhere I mean, he had, what, eight positions at the end of the day, I think, that he played at some point. It seemed, you know, left, right, it didn't matter. Defensive, midfield, I mean, forward, he did everything. And 
you want that, right? <laughs> you know, just get me on the pitch. You know, I'm a footballer. I'll play wherever you want me to. And that was great to see. And now he's, you know, now he's finally gotten into the, the you know, in a position where, you know what, that's your position. Just keep working on that and growing there. And that's, that's been good to see. And that's, that's one thing our Ted has done is like he said, you know what, I'm just going to have to keep you there. And because I've always felt there's been games where, you know what, we're, we're missing some players, maybe put Saka back at left back, right? <laughs> you know, and well, I would have liked to have seen that. to Europa League semi-final, you put Xhaka there. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen that. Just to, just to say, you know what, we've got, you know, we know he can play it. And, you know, we don't have to, we have to we, he can play it and be much better, I think, at that left back than taking a Xhaka out of the midfield and, and putting him back at that point. I think that would have might, you know, I would have liked to have seen it just to see how that would have worked. Because we know he's played there and he's been pretty good there, so... Uh, that's the one thing with these players. And, you know, when they're on the pitch, you see them switch sides all the time. And that means you never know where it's going to come from. Right. I mean, it's good both, that we have the versatility, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, both the goals were scored from the same side, different players who don't necessarily start on that side. So, you know, this is, this is good. It's a good, like I said, these are, these are the steps and I want to, I want to build on them. You know, we need to, we definitely need to build on them. Like next, next season, we shouldn't be, we should be saying, you know what? Maybe Saka and Emil Zufro or or Jaco have to sit. You know, it's not because uh, they're having a bad time. It's just because that's the, the makeup of the team, and we don't have to lean on them as much as we did in the past. Uh, so that that's the other part is the depth, right? We need better depth so that we can uh, we don't have to play them, right? And even now, I feel like uh, one of Martinelli, Saka, or Emil Zufro should sit out a match, just so that one they can come off the bench if needed, but also that day we don't wear them down so, you know we're going to have that what three game stretch with liverpool in the middle where what, what do you do <laughs> you know what do you, if you're not rotating them in then you're going to be in trouble during that stretch you know and that's going to be you know that's going to we'll see how arteta decides to to handle that situation but uh hopefully it works out for us in the you know in the in the best case scenario there and moving on to tomorrow's game, Soph, how do you see that going? Um, and have you ever seen a club complain about another team celebrating? Funny, isn't it? I thought Wolves looked like they were doing a little bit of celebrating in their last game, um, for sure. I just think that it's great that we're pissing teams off. This yeah. is the Arsenal that we want. You know what? Ten men, we fought like dogs. It's a massive battle for fourth. You, you're clipping on all of our heels, by the way. Credit to Wolves and their new manager. He's done a great job. Even though they haven't been scoring a lot of goals, my goodness, he's improved them. It's like Burnley. Burnley are actually playing better football, but are at the bottom of the table. It, and, you know, Wolves were, are playing better football. And earlier in the season, you weren't really seeing that, whereas now it's all come to fruition. So I loved that we pissed them off. I love that we riled them up. The more we do that, the better. We've always been the dartboard for other teams. And I just thought it was a bit of a, a, a sour, sour grapes from the player that, let's, let's be honest, if he could play for Arsenal, he would love to put that red shirt on, wouldn't he, that fella? Hey, don't. And I, you know, and I would take him. So you know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> he, can, he can whine all he wants as long as we beat them. But uh, you know what, next season, if uh, he's... You know, if, we, if it's a if it's a possibility, we should go out and get him. He's a know, very, but. very good player. I think we're going to win convincingly tomorrow. I think, um, you know, the away game's always tough at Molyneux. I believe that, you know, we've found a little bit of a groove. We've got players, we're playing with confidence. We put January in the rearview mirror. Um, 
I really feel Lacazette will get a goal tomorrow. Uh, you know, that'd be um, great for him. It, it it will be, and I fa- I really fancy him to get a goal tomorrow. I felt like a three-one. He was um, close at the weekend, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and it's just a confidence thing. He's he's put the team on his shoulders. He's being a proper captain, a proper leader. Even though he's leaving in the summer, he's been so professional. He's not said one bad thing about the club. He's just he gone about his, his business. Position at the age of thirty. Yeah, not Danny. getting enough credit. No, and I've always said he's our Bobby Firmino, right? Salah and Mane are brilliant. Now, Lacazette hasn't ha- doesn't have a Salah or a Mane. He has very talented players on the flanks, but they're not those players. They're not those those types, right? Um, Bobby Firmino um, gets more goals than Lacazette, but he does all of the things that Firmino does. Holds the ball up well, links players. You know, players are able to play whether you know the ball goes to through the channel, whether it goes wide. Um, unfortunately, Lacazette, not aerially. We, we haven't really had an aerial threat since Giroud left. So when those crosses come in from Tierney, they always need to come to feet, which is not easy to do, right? Which is why we need a target man. But my goodness, what would we look like without him? I know he's not scoring, but what would we look like as a team without what he does on the pitch? You know, yeah, I always, like I said, I, I, and once again, I go, I'll go back to the last game. In the first half, I felt like he was too far up the pitch. Right. And then in the second half, he was playing a little bit closer to the midline and things opened up for us because that's he was basically part of the reason why we scored the two goals. Right. He made the pass on the first one and the second one. If he doesn't put pressure on the defender and the ball trickles over to Partey, we don't you know that that run, that attack doesn't happen. So for me, like you said, he's not doing anything for us in the, the final third or it's actually in the box right now. So. It's okay if he doesn't go there, but I've seen we've seen some really good things from him when he has to when he when he's part of the build up as we uh, counter or uh, start our attack. So, like I said, you know maybe that's a good you know a good position for him as he moves further along because he's been pretty good for us, really good for us. Yeah, I wish I wish the money made sense, which it doesn't. You know, no, we can't get into that yeah. trap again, Gary. Can yeah, we yeah, really? I mean, no, that's not good. Yeah. And also, when people, I, I saw someone in chat saying Martinelli up front is the answer. Do you know how physical the demands are to play up front? And is Martinelli physically ready to play that role? You know, Kev was talking about Pepe too, because there are a lot of people saying, "Well, play Pepe down the middle." Pepe sometimes finds it physically challenging to take on players on 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 the flanks, let alone have to deal with strong physical centre backs. You know, it's not easy to just say, hey, play Martinelli, you know, up front. That takes time. He may be training for that position. Arteta may be testing things in training. But it's 15 cup finals between now and then. Also experimenting at this point in the season, you'll only really do if there's an injury to someone. Lacazette's the captain right now. He's going to start every game. And... I think we'll only see those kinds of tweaks and changes, guys, if there's an injury to Lacazette. Um, otherwise, just keep things as they are. If it's not broke, don't, you know, you know the saying. Just because he's not scoring, right? It's not like he's out forward for the next two years and you're going to be like, oh, my God, he, you know, what are we going to do? He's leaving and we've got to use him for, for the right reasons right now to just get us through the rest of the season and try and finish in that top four position. And, and on in that regard, what he offers, he's doing a decent job, in my opinion, is if other players continue to score around him. Who cares where the goals come from at this mm. point in the season? That's my opinion. 
in years gone by, you were not that long ago, you'd be playing a team of two strikers. So Martinelli could play up front with Lacazette or play off of Lacazette. He'd do all the running. Like in, in the Burkamp Henri days, Burkamp got slower. Henri played around him. Burkamp did all the magical stuff and Henri scored the goals. That wouldn't, doesn't happen anymore because it's uh, being a striker was a lonely job. They were more obsessed with wingers and packing the midfield or occasionally mm-hmm. packing the defence. And that, that would be great. I mean, imagine a round of five or six games if, if the, we weren't pushing for anything where you could have Lacazette up front with Martinelli. He'd learn more from that five games and he probably will do all season exactly. playing on his own up there. And sadly, I don't think we're ever going to see that because Arteta has got the formation that he likes, the four-two-three-one formation, and there's very little give because you can't put Lacazette in the middle of the midfield three because that's where Odegaard plays and he cannot do that job. He is struggling to do the, the false nine, the yeah. kind of holding nine job, and, and he, he can't sacrifice um, Odegaard. Plus, at the moment, Gary, we've got no injuries. I mean, that is... People oh, were saying it was such a huge gamble from Arteta <laughs> to get rid of all these players. What if, what if, what if? Great name for a show, so <laughs> People go to the hybrid squad and listen to their last night's show, what if? I won't give it away, but Kev, uh, Kev didn't want to play along, did he? No, but he did in the end. <laughs> he did. I surprised him with that one. In. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> By the way, that really was good. me knocking on wood after you saying we don't have injuries, in yeah. case everyone was wondering uh, if there was someone at the door. Our margins in the past are different now, right? <laughs> our margins in the past were, you know, we were, you know, we got few chances to score, and if, and if we didn't take them, we were in trouble. Now we're getting the chances to score, but we just have to make sure we can, we have our. 11 or 12 players healthy going from here on out, right? Or whatever the 13, I guess 13 players we can, we can play probably without missing too much on the pitch. So our margins have changed. So yeah, you know, we do have time to rest in between these matches. Um, and you know, and so hopefully we don't have any, have to deal with any of that. Hopefully we don't deal with any of that, but yeah, I'm look, you know, and I think that depending on the, the games that we're playing, you know, you know, maybe we'll have a different approach for each games. Now that we have time to think about it that maybe can help us, especially if we have to move them some things around in terms of players, you know, so Arteta does have the time to, to uh, implement whatever he wants. And, you know, well, well, well in the past we wouldn't have that now because games would be coming you know, every two to three games or every three to four days we would have a game. So he has time to prepare and, you know, you hope to see that. I mean, I, I think in, you know, in the past we always were concerned that, you know what, what did we work on in practice? Cause we look like we look a little lost. Um, now I think, you know, you can see we have, we have uh, an approach that we're going to take and we have just have to, I think we just have to finish <laughs> If we finish. I think we'll be okay. Um, but otherwise I think we're being put in the right positions to succeed. And that's kind of one of the things that I wanted us to always be is have a chance. Uh, and we do have that now. So yeah, knock on wood. We don't see anybody on the injury list and we'll be fine. And could Pepe be a trump card as the season, as the final act of the season kicks in? I thought he had a decent 20 minutes when he came on the other day. And we're going to need everybody available. We we need our best 11, but Pepe is the best on the bench talent-wise. Now form-wise and all that jazz, we can talk about that, but he can come on and do something he's got the x factor ability in him so if there was ever a change up front he would trump enketia all day long for me you know i think he could have a say in some of these games 
and and also the um oh. also the uh, the fact that the players are younger which means it's it's uh, they're not going to be putting on so many um having so many injuries all the time because uh, the older the um, players get the tender they get they don't heal as quickly only got um, other things like that and it's just um it's all coming together nicely and i've said it so many times the top 19 players premier league minutes this season we've still got 17 out of 18 or 18 out of 19 are still at the club and so and that's just fantastic Nobody can beat Danny's stats. I'm telling you right now <laughs> how he doesn't have an account with like a million followers with his stats and whatever. Um, I, I use him as a reference on our show. I'm going to say, I yeah. say, you know, reference, you know, Danny GFP, a book at Wonderland. I mean, brilliant. Sometimes we're doing the show and he's in chat and, you know, someone will say something or I will. And he's like, well, so did you know? Da, 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 da. And he's, he's like this encyclopedia. It's insane. I mean, seriously. A lot of it. Is having windows up with all the information, but that one I actually looked it up. Like I'm working on a uh, maybe something at the moment about Saka and Smith Rowe and uh, what they've done for the for the youths and the reserves. But um, it's uh, it's an hour and five minutes so far. Yeah, do you I'm going to go. Yeah, I've got five, five, um, five, uh, So I think we'll win three one. I think that um, you know Wolves have found it difficult to score, and we're a good defence. And I believe that, you know, we let in that goal against Brentford, which was a bit disappointing. So I, I would love to see a clean sheet to bounce back from that. But I fancy a 3-1. I even fancy a brace from Lacazette and maybe Saka grabbing another goal. Um, Xhaka and Partey, for the time that Xhaka is here, you guys, the same with Laka. Um, we're not going to be able to say that for in, in a little while, are we? Xhaka, Laka, Saka. Um but I think, again, he offers the best partnership to Partey. The two of them together is just as important as that back five now, you know. So that is fundamentally going to be part of our success. So hopefully he can keep his head uh, and is sensible, and leads by example, which is a stretch for him sometimes. But the importance of that partnership is just as important as Gabrielle and Ben White. In fact, Kev said on the show he thinks it's even more important you know, because sometimes Bob Holding can come in and do a job, um, but that midfield is going to be really important. So 3-1 for me, two goals from Laka, one from Saka, bank it, caress it, kiss it, <laughs> nut it, love it, like it. <laughs> uh, so you're going you're going there, Sofa. Tell people um, where that, everybody knows where they can find you. If anybody's listening at home in the bus or on the toilet, tell them about your podcast <laughs> and uh, what you and Kev get up to. It's, Don't forget uh, to flush. One of my favorites. <laughs> Um, it's at Highbury Squad across all social platforms and we're back up and running and updated on iTunes and Spotify and Acast as well now too. Uh, every night, 8 o'clock, unless otherwise stated. Uh, we're back tomorrow for the post-game show and also Kevin Says with his live fan Q&A on Fridays. And check out the um, the channel because we've got a lot of non-game day tactical stuff that's a lot of fun for you guys to get your teeth stuck into Danny, as always, thank you. <laughs> a Burkamp Wonderland is the very first podcast, in case you guys have been under a rock, um, was the first podcast I ever appeared on. And these fellas, Danny especially, Jeff, um, so supportive and have been, you know, had my back from day one. And I will never forget and I always appreciate that. So thanks. Thanks, D. 
We were there for the for the creation of the Arsenal unicorn. <laughs> the very special one that everyone either love her or hate her, but they can't stop watching. That's the thing, isn't it? Cheers, so you've been brilliant as always. Love you guys. Thanks. Gary, keep smashing it. Thanks. Please. Great chatting thank you. to you. Right, Take thank care. Thank you, Sophie. Have a good okay. one. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Great people in chat. Take care. Ah, and then there were two. Um, right, so anybody got any questions? We've got four questions at the moment saved up. We've got them banked for, for me and Gary to go through in a little bit later. But um, just looking at the results at the moment, Gary, it's um, just looking at the – you've got about another 10, 15 minutes, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I can I can talk for a bit. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Just looking at the Premier League results at the moment, uh, Liverpool are smashing Leeds 3-0 half-time, two penalties for Mo Salah. And uh, a goal for their centre back, uh, Matip. That leaves uh, Leeds in a hell of a lot of trouble, doesn't it? They've now, they've now um, not won in the won one in their last six games. I mean, you look at the teams down the bottom. Norwich have won a couple. Burnley, Watford have won one. Newcastle uh, unbeaten in six, three wins, three draws. But it looks like Leeds and Everton are the ones plummeting towards the bottom. Is it, do you think either of those two can go down? Or because like like Sofa saying with buying that vague horse from Wolfsburg has changed the dynamics at, at Burnley. Could Burnley pull it off? Could Norwich pull it off? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I think uh, as as many have said, I think the that bot whoever that relegation battle, you never know. And like as as the games start coming and you know they have games in hand so once they have to start playing those games in hand we'll see you know we'll know a little bit better but also they have you know they're gonna have multiple games in a week whereas now they have they don't have they only have one a week and they're still you know still struggling so but their games are pretty good so yeah those that will be good to see i i I don't. I think only one of like you know like the Leeds and Everton's or Newcastle is going to go down i think it's it's uh norwich and 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 Watford are probably going to stay, stick, stay at the bottom there. Just, they just don't. They're one too many points behind, and uh, and I think they have more games played, so teams will probably push away from them as it is. So I think it's going to be. A, it might be a struggle for them to get out of the uh, the bottom two spots. So yeah, no, I think that's yeah. I think as I said, you know, now with Liverpool, you know, winning and being three points back, that uh, the top of the table, you know, the top four. And the bottom, basically, the bottom five is going to be kind of a, a nice battle to see. So it should be, you know, it keeps us entertained. You don't have to just worry about where you are in the table because everywhere it is, it's going to be a a little battle going on. <laughs> so who would you like to see go down? I don't want Norwich to go down. I don't really want Leeds to go down. So I'd like mm-hmm. to see. I hate Watford. I hate Burnley. I kind of like to see Everton go down because at the moment, the most number of, of seasons in the top league is Arsenal. We've played more seasons in the top league than any other team, but then consecutive seasons is actually Everton. So yeah. if Everton go down, that's that's as good as a trophy, isn't it, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we want we want to, you know we want to we want to be uh, ahead of uh, that team. All right, at the end of the season, so that would be a trophy. That'd be the first trophy that we want. All right, so yeah, as long as that team is behind us when when the when the table is finalized, I think that'd be number one trophy that we want to get if we're going to look at trophies that way. But you know, I, I I do want to see Leeds. I do want to see. I don't think I you know I want to see Leeds you know stay up. Um, I don't really have too much of a say in who else you know goes down. But I think Leeds would be going going um, staying where they are is be nice. Everton would be. I mean, we always keep talking. Whenever we there's a comparison, it's always Arsenal and Everton, and then every and every year they get worse. They've been getting worse and worse every time we brought that comparison. That you know what, Everton's probably going to challenge us 
And every year they, they, they fall further and further away from us. And now look where they are. I mean, they're on the doorsteps of, uh, going down. So, <laughs> you know, so be, and, you know, maybe, and, you know, maybe we can steal some of their players if we, you know, we've always been looking for them. Maybe that's, that's what I think about Leeds. You got that young man in central midfield who plays for England, whose name I can never remember. Oh, um, um uh, I want to say why do I'm saying Phillips, but isn't is it, is it Phillips? It's not Phillips. Oh, it is. Is it Phillips? Uh, yeah. Phillips yeah. Calvin, Calvin, Calvin Phillips. Phillips. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What a player he is. Much right. like he's like a, a slightly um, more gettable Declan Rice, that kind right. of. Um, English midfielder that, that just do wonders for our team. But if they go yeah. down, there'll be so many of their players. That, I mean, their goalkeeper's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about them anymore. I think a lot so, of people, um, you know, I think the, the jokes on you kind of thing would be if Newcastle goes down, right? I mean, everybody, that would, <laughs> that, that, you know, you know, one of the richest team in the world or whatever, and they can't stay up, you know, that. Yeah. That'd be funny, I think, but I, I I don't see it. But that'd be funny because the way they've been playing has been pretty good. So I I think they'll they'll be okay. But you know, it'd be all would be funny to see them drop. <laughs> if you were playing for Arsenal um, tomorrow and you scored a goal or we won the game, would you do some kind of celebration where you just refuse to go up to the Wolves fans and go, cross your arms, go? <laughs> celebration. We should, you know, they're they're already they're already they already hate us as it is. So why not? You know what? We win the match. We beat them twice. You know how many teams can say that? I think they they make it tough for everybody. We go out there after beating them the first time, where it looked like you know it could have been a draw, and then come out and then beat them this time. Yeah, you know what? I the one thing that we haven't seen from our team is the team enjoying themselves and having fun. Why not? You know, you worked really hard for it. Uh, you get the win. Why not? You know, we see teams do that to us all the time. We're always upset about it. You know, I want to see the the, the, the fans. Uh, sorry, the fans, but the players happy. Oh, <laughs> I didn't Sounds say. I didn't happy. say that. I never said that. I said it'd be funny. That's all I said. I'm sorry. Oh, dear. Yeah, you know, Stan's, Stan's family. Yeah. Can't no, have that. Um, sorry. He's hope, hopefully he still likes me. It was just. It was. A, it was a. Fu- it was a what if, right? We talked about what ifs earlier in the day. This is a what if. It'd be funny, but I, you know, I don't see it because I think they're playing good. So. Yeah, they're, they're safe from relegation. Well, let's go and do some of the people's questions or comments. First one from Matt Roberts from about five out from 7.17, 13 minutes before the show started. That's dedication, people. Hello, all in the chat. ABW question. If Saka, ESR, Martinelli don't score, who will get the goals? Also, who would you play if you decided not to play them all uh, at all because they needed a rest? So that would be uh, left wing, right wing and... Well, all three don't always play, do they? Because no, uh, play. So yeah. if we didn't, if we couldn't play them all, um, I think we would be somewhat. Old. Well, would it be okay? We just have Pepe. Ooh, Pepe. Ooh, who do we have? I mean, we have to change our formation, right? Because right now it's just <laughs> Pepe, kind of. You know, as far as playing out wide. Ooh, I don't. Yeah, that that would be he's, that. He's would done be. you there, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, that, that that would be a struggle. Uh, that's why I feel like we should be rotating them as it is because we can't afford um, to one have one down and maybe another one need some rest. You know, so hopefully that situation doesn't happen. But if they couldn't all play, then you know Pepe is going to play. I have a feeling that would have to change our formation somewhat because I don't see anybody else that I would want to put in a starting lineup. You know, I have to play more of a defensive game than if we do that. Um, 
Who do we have? No, nobody really for me that I would It'd have to be Pepe there. on the right, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be Pepe on the right, and well, I suppose Odegaard could play. If you're going to play all three of those, it'd be it'd be ESR playing in the kind of eight role. So yeah. Odegaard would play there. Pepe would have to play right and uh, left. Well, there you go. There is no one, is there? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. So that's the, that is a struggle, and that's the, kind of the margins that we're talking about, right? So that's yeah, that would be a struggle. And you know what? If if they if they didn't score, we always have you know Gabriel is one of our top five scorers on the team. So, you know, you've got Gabriel who scores. And you know what? Surprisingly, maybe if Lacazette gets even more opportunities to score, he'll eventually hit one. So if he doesn't have those three players around him, maybe he'll, he will squeeze one in as well. All right. Thunder says, Danny's still sneezing to his hands. You know, I don't ever wash my hands. I never wash my hands, ever. I've not washed them for years. I'm not going to start now. And I just I didn't want to make too much noise. A bit of an animal. Someone said something nice here. Um... Pat Naffs, a bit random, but I feel like saying this. I've not been following the Premier League too closely for a while now, but I love that you named this a Burkamp Wonderland. Football is an art. Yeah, 2000, June 2013, where I came up with the name and Gimli went, I like that, because we decided to do a podcast. Um, uh, Nosa says Gabriel will just score the headers. Wilty, Pepe left, Odegaard right. Yeah, um, Mr. Waffles. Oh, said see Eddie that on the right wing. there. That's that is the oh, that. Oh, <laughs> I <laughs> I just uh, we hope, you know what? No, 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 no. We're that's not. That's you, never going to be a scenario for us. I'm sorry, it cannot be. You know, Patino and then you know Hutchison has been on the bench. So you know what? I you know I don't know if those players can move up a little bit, but. Yeah, I yeah. Hopefully that we'd never have to even think about that. Yeah. Right. Another question here from Julio Salmondo says thoughts on Arteta and his supposed new contract. Do we agree that he's not going to get sacked unless he finishes outside of the Europa League positions, Europa League champions? I would expect that to be the case, but if they give him the contract beforehand, I don't think they care. You know, and that, I think. He needs to have a little bit of pressure. Most most managers do have a little bit of pressure, and they. I want to see him overachieve. You know what I mean? I want to see him overachieve. When right now, works. You know, coming into the season, I thought he would finish between fifth and seventh, and that would be an improvement. If he's able to overachieve and get fourth, then he should be. You know, he should be guaranteed a contract, and that should be kind of what they discussed when he went to visit. Even though I think a lot of us thought when he went to visit, it was to maybe. Make sure we had some more money for more players, but um, yeah, I'd, I think it's too soon to be to be even having that discussion because I feel like he's in the middle of a, a race for top four, and I don't think that should be on that should be something he should be too concerned about in the media. I mean, I, I assume somebody's letting that out too soon, but we don't. He's young. Where he's a young manager, and I don't think he should have to be dealing with that, uh, along with trying to get his team of young young stars uh, in a top four race and finish top four. You know, which would be a massive uh, achievement if he does it. So I kind of feel like you know, let him let him grow. You know, we don't want to put our players in that situation. So why should we put our young manager? Uh, let him coach it. You know, coach it, coach the, the season out, and then we'll see where we are. And, even if he doesn't get to those goals and the team already felt they were going to sign him anyways, then you're going to do it anyway. So there's no rush. So there's no reason to even have that be a discussion point. You know, let us play some football. Let us try to get, you know, have one of the best, uh, 
runs here at the end of the season and finish above the, most of the teams that we uh we were, were concerned about, right? Good Go answer. <laughs> Quick one here from Sai. Sai, thanks again for your Prime subscription. Mm. And there's also somebody called um, Arsenal Rule on Twitch. They subscribed to our channel for 15 months. I've only just seen that. Whoever you are, Arsenal Rule, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's Twitch only, the Twitch Prime ones only. Don't go give us as actual money. Um, right, so Sai says, yes or no, can Eddie score one goal before he leaves? I'm sure he can, can't he? Uh, yeah, he can score one. I mean, that's the problem is that <laughs> we only think he probably can score the one. So, Will it be a header? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a feeling like if he's just in the box, the ball might just you know knock off of him and go into the goal because of just what he provides in terms of a goal, a scoring threat. So uh, he does he does some good work when he comes in. It's just we just don't ever, you know who when do you ever feel like he's going to put one in you know put a goal in and we just we never feel that way and he hasn't done it in the Premier League this season even though he scored I think four goals maybe or you know in this season but just yeah, nothing all in the League Cup and FA Cup yeah. yeah we're just getting nothing from him there and you know he needs more games but he also but I you know he's just not showing enough so yeah I, he'll get one that you know if he keeps playing and they keep you know having to play him. Uh, end of games, maybe we'll break through. Yeah, can he though? That's <laughs> we won't be surprised if he doesn't. That's the thing, right? If he doesn't score, but he plays, you know, comes in and 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 you know finishes closes for Lacazette. We won't be surprised if he gets no goals. Uh, I mean, right now, as you said, the striker getting goals isn't really part of our plan. You know, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't need that. We've got goals from everywhere else. Uh, Tull before, I think I've said your name right. It was one of the early questions at 8 p.m., so that's uh, nearly an hour ago. Um, can you explain how some Arteta critics blame Arteta for freezing out Ozil? It already started with Wenger, and then Emery hardly played him at all. Arteta actually brought him in at the start. Is it as simple as um, Ozil fanboys where um, no, unless he plays every single game, they hate him and, and Arteta haters where he can do no wrong, no, no right? I mean, I think it's a similar scenario to what we saw with Aubameyang. I mean, I think Arteta has a, a style of play that he's more comfortable with and a, and a look and, and a form for certain, of his, certain players in certain positions that he likes and I don't think Ozil was providing that to him. He wanted him to do. I for me, I always felt he wanted him to do more than he was, you know. He he liked to do, you know. And I think he wants a lot of his players to maybe come back and play some defense. And I kind of felt like that might be one of the sticking points for for um, why we saw Ozil struggle to get the playing time that he wanted. Is that I think Arteta asked a lot of him more than he's done in the past. And it just wasn't going to work out. And when that happens, eventually Arteta just says, you know what? I'm done trying to make this work because I just, you know, and that's been his kind of his process. If there's something about a player that just doesn't seem to fit into his, uh, you know, into his list of requirements, then eventually they just kind of start to disappear. You never see them again. And then they, and eventually they leave. Right. I mean, we've seen that with a lot of players and, you know, that's kind of where I feel like, you know, until Arteta gets his 25 players, we won't, we won't know how this team will perform when they have, you know, European football and whatnot to go going. So, yeah, I, I think that for me, it's more of a style of what the manager wanted and what the player was going to present to him. I mean, I think 
what you've seen from him now is that you know what he probably is older and his time his body has passed right mm-hmm. um he's playing in a in a you know a league that he should be able to have a little bit more fun in and he still can't so mm. uh sometimes yeah, still the fanboys are raving about yeah. him yeah because my boys trabs on gonna win their first proper title in in about a million years or mm. their the team in second place lost again and so Travis Onspur about nine points clear or some number like that because Kev Campbell used to play for him people. Uh, and it's going to be a title and it is going to be glorious because Galatasaray are right near down the bottom quarter of the table. Besiktas are doing nothing. Fenerbahce is struggling, even with the superstar that is uh, alleged Ozil. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. A question I mean, here from... Go on. Yeah, like, like a lot of people have said have um, many of the players that have left how they performed in... <sighs> Anybody that's been older, not so much. But you know, maybe the younger players have that have gone. I mean, if you look at most of the younger players that have gone out there, you know, you've, you've got you've got more of the Guendouzis and Salibas and Mapropanos than you do the you know the Nelsons and the Maitland Niles and you know some of the other younger players. So that's what you're seeing with the younger players. You see a much more positive in terms of the style of play they're having. The older players. Most of them just aren't doing it anymore, which is fine. And I think, you know, either for our, what Arteta wanted, that's good. So, yeah, sorry if I uh, <laughs> went okay. off on a tangent there. But, um, um, Julio says, if Stuttgart get relegated, does that take away the obligation to buy for Mavropanos? I think it does, because I'm sure that when we read it in the initial loan deal, it was an obligation to buy if they avoided relegation. I remember thinking at the time, well, they did a really good season last season. They're not going down. Currently, there there's in, in the Bundesliga two go down, which is 18th and 17th, and then 16th is 18 league team there, teams league. Anyway, so the bottom two go down, the one above goes into a playoff. So the top two in Bundesliga two go up, and third place play against third bottom in the Bundesliga. I think they play home and away to decide whether one stays up or goes down. I think the Premier League did that way back in the day when we were knocking it down from 24 to 22 to 20 teams. So if he if they do get relegated and they're not looking good, we will get him back. And then all those teams that are going, hey Stuttgart, we'll give you fifteen million for him. We'll uh, we'll do that and get them. I mean, I think, and you know what, that would be that would be nice. That would be nice to have have a Marapanos and a Saliba fighting for spots with a White and Gabriel. I mean, who wouldn't want that? You know, you've got some players that have basically solidified their spots, you know, but then you've got some younger players that want to take it away. I mean, I, you know, Arsenal needs some of that. If that's called luck, I don't know, but they need some of that because we need, you know, I like to look at that, that bench. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah. I, I don't usually bring him up because it's not, you know, there's nothing good comes out of it anymore. So. But yeah, no, I, I kind of that would be really nice to have, and then we wouldn't have to, any questions about who is, you know, we need to bring in another center back, right? So but that right there, that's got to be the the message of the day, you know. And <laughs> I would like to see that number go up some some more, just to make you know, just to put more a bigger smile on on our faces. But, you know, Currently, time, Spurs are on negative goal difference. <laughs> that is nice. That is really <laughs> have nice. you got the game on there? I don't, you know, I, what was I, I was actually, I wasn't going to put it on because I didn't want to, you know, jinx him. Um, so, uh, uh, but I'm going to put it on now. So let's see if I can. <laughs> I, if don't I, have any I, audio. We'll get, we'll get, we'll no, get no, shot no, no for that. Here. Yeah, um, no got another question. Looks like the final question from Phil Macker. 
Uh, is it going to be a decent one? So Spurs win at City um, aside. Do we agree they are getting weaker by the season as we get strong again? Uh, I think he means Man City. Are Man City getting weaker? I think sometimes Spurs, as much as I hate to say it, do kind of play half-decent football, don't they? And there's only maybe six or seven teams in the Premier League that are playing decent football. And when you get two of them playing against each other, like we saw when we played Liverpool and we saw against Man City, we played really well. They struggled to beat us. But that, that performance by Harry Kane, that was average. <laughs> yeah, you can't so, give him too much praise, right? So no, let's not even do I don't that. Like him. Yeah, but it was no, it was I mean, interesting. I mean, at, 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 at every every point in that game, it was all it was always like, you know what, City will just you know eventually run away with this thing, right? City will will do what they need to do and get the win, you know, and it never happened. So they're playing up for City and then Burnley, eh, and that's kind of. You know, I guess they say was it Spur- Spursy, and I actually I shouldn't have said that because it's close that to the name. But um, but yeah, no, I think you know you love to see it. And Burnley is a tough team. You know, we've been I think we've been able to, to some degree, being able to redeem ourselves from the last season when we played them. So we, you know, they haven't had much of a they haven't thought that they were going to win any of the matches we played this season as much as they did last season when they did have better results against us but yeah this would be a nice result if it stays like it does and Burnley's at home so they're going to you know they're going to have everybody in the box and you know you can see it now 13 down. men behind the ball <laughs> <laughs> um yes so uh what was it what was i going to say after that um man united are losing one nil away at atletico madrid yeah. i can't although atletico are my team uh, in spain i don't really care about spanish football it's a boring league <laughs> after uh, this well i just don't really enjoy it for the italian league the german league um and so it looks like uh if they lose, I hope Man United do eventually go through because then that's just more fixture congestion for those. I want Liverpool, Man City, I want Chelsea, I want all of these teams to go all the way to the finals. <laughs> and then by the time we play them, they're sending out their kids, which would be brilliant. Right then, we have done one hour, 29 minutes and 54 seconds, Gary. That's almost the exact hour and a half I said we would do. So nice. uh, tell the, 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 the wonderful people that are listening at home on the bus and doing the gardening and uh, clearing spiders out of the shed because spring is on its way, people. That's if you still have a shed after the 500-mile-an-hour winds that we had. Where can people find you? I follow you on Twitter, so that means you're Yeah, so don't waste the tweet on on Twitter. It's where you can find me. I do have my own channel, DWTT. If you search via DWTT Arsenal, I should pop up first. I have my own show on Mondays. So it's late for for most of uh, the UK viewers, 12.30 a.m., but uh, for me in the States, it's 7.30 p.m., so it's pretty nice. Otherwise, you'll find me on Arsenal Fan Circle a couple of times a week and every so often on Mr. Arsenal uh, podcast as well. So, And then everywhere else that is Arsenal podcast, I will jump on like I have today. Thank you for having me, Danny. It's been uh, been fun. Enjoyed it. 
It's good to let you speak yeah. because I could see from that one time you had that you had a lot to say in a very calm and collected <laughs> manner, and you were going. But I've got. I want to say, and you weren't. You weren't rude enough to go. Shut up and let me talk, you fuckers. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to get you back. Get you back on again, again uh, sometime. Appreciate. Soon, it. I definitely because, enjoyed it. Would love to. Would love to come back. Yeah. Because all of my lot, I think they've they've given up podcasting. Apart from <laughs> Carl, Josh, Femi, and Nick. Apart from that, the rest of them, and maybe James. I'll add him in there as well. The rest <laughs> of them dead to me. <laughs> yes they didn't even ask if there was a podcast tonight oh boy i've only been doing it for <laughs> nine and a half years Seven thirty every wednesday oh no not gonna ask dead to me a lot of them yeah. right. thank you everybody thank you. in the chats for joining us i definitely wanted to say thank you thank you thank you yeah hopefully uh, I think- hopefully, hopefully you're looking into the future because if they scored again that would be really nice now that um, hopefully Stan is right. Um, we are back tomorrow. Uh, I will be back at uh, seven. Is it seven forty-five kickoff? I'm not sure. It'll be about an hour and a quarter before kickoff. Then that gives me enough time to edit the preview show, get it up on YouTube, iTunes, and all those other wonderful places. That I don't know who's on with me with that. The post-game show. It's a certain Stanley Victor, not Collymore, because they are both called Stan and they both look the same. And so Stan's going to be on the post game show. I might get one other person on that. I mean, Stan don't need another person for the post game show. So, uh, yeah, expect me to, uh, that'll be five minutes after the final whistle. We'll have a chit chat about uh, my thoughts on the game. I think we're going to, well, you'll hear my thoughts tomorrow in the preview, but I think we should win it. It would be good. And uh, I'm going to go and watch the Spurs game. And come on, you Burnley, you beautiful clarets. <laughs> I hope you stay up. <laughs> hey. And thank you to Sophie over at the Highbury Squad with super, super big Kev Campbell. Go over there, people, and have a listen to their podcast because it is. she's always doing new stuff. And much like me, she does everything herself. Um, I doubt very much Kev has much of a hand in the editing and the uploading <laughs> and uh, running the website and all of that lot because he's he's a a, a, a sports media star because every time he's on the telly we all love him so thank you very much again people and i'll see you tomorrow up the arsenal as soon as i scored that goal i was fucking livid splendid business get down dog <laughs>